Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the latest edition of the Tap Outs and Touchdowns podcast. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making me part of your day presented by Anchor Podcasts. As always, you can find me on social media at Tap Outs and TDs on Twitter, at Tap Outs and Touchdowns on Facebook, and Tap Outs and Touchdowns at gmail.com is the email for the show to send any questions on, well, players you might have to be asking for uh, or, or asking about for the upcoming fantasy football playoffs or Maybe there's some wrestling that you want to you want to be featured on the show. Uh, I'm I'm recording this as I'm watching an episode of AEW Dynamite. Um, nevertheless, again, reach out to the show if there's something you want to hear me talk about uh, here on on the pod. Now, this week's opening bell again is going to be a little different and it's going to be much shorter than than normal. Uh, before we get into it, a uh, couple of quick notes: we're going to have uh, patience or panic again this week. More bully buys and sells. For week 11 in the NFL season and some Frick's picks. Uh, last week was a good week for me. Not so good week for some other people. Uh, but going forward, we're going to have a little bit of a format change. And we'll get into that later in the show. This week's opening bell has to do with, well, the holiday season. And what you should should and shouldn't be doing uh, for the holidays. Now, I've been reading and I've been seeing a lot of people have employers or live in states with governors who are trying to tell people, well, maybe just this year to help the coronavirus stop spreading, how about you stay home for the holidays? How about you uh, stick to your immediate home family when it comes to Thanksgiving and when it comes to Christmas or Hanukkah this year? And I'm here to tell you that, that there's a way where you don't necessarily have to do that uh, but where you can also be safe. I am one to admit and acknowledge that the coronavirus is real. There have been hundreds of thousands of people in this country that have been affected in one way or another by COVID. So I know that it's real. I know some of the precautions that have been taken in order to stop the spread have either been ineffective or have come a little bit too late. But nevertheless, uh, it's, it's those things that are the reasons why this has not gone away. But I will be damned if I'm going to let someone tell me during the holiday season that I'm, I should be avoiding my family. I mean, that's something that you do year-round, you kind of just suck it up for the holidays, right? You go to Thanksgiving, you see that crazy uncle that might have an off-color joke, or you've got that cousin that's going to create drama, whatever the case is. The holidays are a time for togetherness and family and, and that collective love that you have for one another. So like I said, I'm going to be damned if I'm going to let anybody tell me what I can or can't do but at the same time, I'm going to be smart about it. So if you've got to go out in public, wear a mask and, and stop bitching about it. You know, if, if, if they had made people start wearing masks much earlier than they did, we might not be as bad off as we are. But there's also no, you know, tangible evidence to show that 
that these cloth masks or whatever are actually preventing the spread. But I digress. You're not wearing a mask because someone tells you to. You're wearing a mask because it's, well, it's the courteous thing. It's the neighborly thing to do. You set the other, you set the other people's, that you're around's mind at ease. And it's, I mean, you, if, if you've ever put on a mask, you know that you're not spreading germs as bad as if, you're, if you were not to be wearing one. Step number one is, is to wear a mask when you're in public. Be smart and be courteous. Step number two is, you know, in that same token, don't do anything reckless so that you've got nothing to worry about when it comes to seeing your family either next week for Thanksgiving or next month for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever it is that you celebrate. At the same time that you wouldn't want to put yourself at risk, you would not want to put your family at risk, especially if you've got elderly family, family with uh, health conditions that, well, regardless of whether or not it's, it's a pandemic, it might be the last year that you get to spend with them. So when you have a company or a, a governor saying, hey, and, you know, stick to your immediate household, and you've got people like me who have made it very clear that it's me and my dogs now, so I'm not going to have anybody telling me, hey, guess what? In order to stop the spread of the coronavirus, we want you to stay home by yourself. Uh, that's not going to happen. But I'm also uh, going to be smart when I'm out in public uh, to not only be courteous to those around me, but to be courteous to my family so that I don't accidentally bring something around them. So I say all this in the opening bell to say that, uh, you know, it's the holiday season. It's the time where you get to see your family, see some of your friends, possibly. Um, during a pandemic, it's a weird time, but if you're doing the right things by social distancing, staying out of public if you can avoid it, um, or doing the right precautions if you have to, if you have to go, to go out in public. So enjoy the time that you get with your family. Don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do when it comes to seeing your family. But for God's sake, just be smart. Be smart. Be courteous. This, this disease, this, this illness, this... I, I, I mean, whatever you want to call it, is not going away. But the least you can do is be courteous to those around you so that you can at least have your, your own mind at ease when it comes to seeing your family for a holiday. So that being said, we, we're about a week away from Thanksgiving. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to record next week. A lot of traveling my own, my, myself. I'll, I'll be only going for one day, but nevertheless, I'll be traveling. So I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to put out a show next week. So uh, pre preemptively, if I do not record next week, I hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving. And I hope you enjoy the, the games that they, they put out for us on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, but again, if, if I ha happen to record next week, you'll be hearing this message all over again. So just ignore it and listen to next week's episode. Uh, so again, that was the opening bell. Enjoy your, enjoy your Thanksgiving uh, next week. And, uh, and, and be courteous and careful to those around you. Coming up next is Patience or Panic for Week 11. I mentioned a minute ago that there was going to be a slight adjustment in the formatting going forward. Stay tuned for Panic or Patience, where you will hear about just that. We will be right back.
All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Patients or Panic is where we're at in the show now. It's your guy, Bully Rye. Uh, back at it again for week 11 of the NFL season. Now, I mentioned a minute ago that there was going to be a slight format change uh, going forward after this week, and that starts with Patience or Panic. And that's to say that this is, well, the season finale of Patience or Panic. Being it is that we're in week 11 of the NFL season, it's a little late to be panicking or trying to be patient with players when most of us are, well, trying to get that final uh, playoff push for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, So that's the primary reason why we're not necessarily retiring the the segment, but at least ending the segment uh, for this season. Therefore, the season finale of Panic or Patience and we're going to go down a little, a little trip down memory lane for this year's pa- Patience or Panic. Uh, for starters, I'm going to go into where I was wrong last week and where I was right last week. Uh, on the season, I will finish 18-22, and 22, a losing record for Patience or Panic. Uh, nevertheless, uh, next, next year is going to be a little different, and, and we'll get to that. Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. However, last week I went one and four, which is not a good sign uh, for me, but also not a reason for me to end the segment going forward. Last week I told you to panic on DJ Moore, and he went off for 96 yards and a touchdown. I told you to be patient with James Conner. He only put up 48 yards and did not score. Now, I told you to be patient with Derek Carr. If it hadn't been for four rushing touchdowns by the Raiders last week, he might have had a better game, but as it stands, 154 passing yards uh, did not put up the kind of day that I was expecting. And then I told you to panic once again on Lamar Jackson. Well, he had over 300 total yards and two touchdowns. A nice fantasy day for Lamar Jackson in Week 10. I was right on one guy. That's tight end for the Denver Broncos, Noah Fant. I mentioned he seemed to have uh, be, be poised for a breakout season, and instead he has consistently declined. Uh, none, no, no situation was different this past week. Three catches, 18 yards for Noah Fant. Finished the week one and four, finishing this season 18 and 22. Now, another one of the reasons why I've decided to not necessarily retire, uh, patients are panic, but at least. Uh, call it to a close for the season. I mentioned uh, it's, it's too late in the season to be trying to continue to be patient with folks uh, or to be panicking because, well, if you're panicking, then you're probably not in a good, good spot for the playoff race. Um, you know, the, the ultimately what it came down to was I, I started noticing my patience or panic segment was becoming very similar to uh, bullies, buys, and sells. And I want to change that going forward. So like I said a second ago, next season, Patience or Panic will be a little different. But nevertheless, another reason why we decided to end Patience or Panic this season. Uh, and, and again, you know, the, the shows have been running a little longer than I'd like them to be. So this will allow for some much-needed wrestling talk that I've been promising probably for the last month and a half on the show. And I've gotten to very little of it. So all this being said, Patience of Panic, again, we'll be back in Season 3. It will look a little different, um, but for the time being, we will move into 
uh, some pro wrestling talk weekly to take up some of the time where patients or panic will no longer be. Now, again, a little trip down memory lane. Uh, patients or panic uh, featured a, a lot of players this season, and a few I, I actually featured multiple times, including uh, players like tight end Hunter Henry, running backs James Conner, Joe Mixon, and Mark Ingram, uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson, as well as wide receiver Amari Cooper, all have had at least two appearances on my Patience or Panic segment. The most going to quarterback Lamar Jackson, where I have panicked on him three times this season. Now, I put together a little list because I know I wanted to come back to say that, well, I told you to panic on this guy, but maybe not necessarily this week, but Long-term, he's not going to be good for you or vice versa. I've told you to be patient with this guy that might not pan out this, this week, but at the end of the day, probably going to work out for you at least season long. So, well, I've, instead of giving you players to be patient with or panic this week, I'm, I'm going to give you some of the biggest whiffs I've had on the season and some of the best warnings that I gave you that hopefully you took, you know, you took heat in and, and made the right decisions and it helped you win some games. We'll start off with some of the biggest whiffs I had. I, week, week two, I told you to be patient with Michael Thomas, and he, in, he immediately missed the next six games on the season. Uh, he has 10 receptions, 95 yards, 19.5 points for the season. So when I told you to be patient with Michael Thomas, I was expecting him to, well, come back a lot sooner, and it never happened. Another whiff, I, I told you to be patient with A.J. Green, uh, at, at some point this season, and man, three games over 10 fantasy points on the year, zero scores for A.J. Green. It has not been a good season. What a whiff I made on that. Now, next up on the list of biggest whiffs is wide receiver Brandon Cooks. The week that I panicked on Cooks and he recorded zero stats, every single game but one since then has had 10 or more fantasy points. Finished with three touchdowns, 33 receptions, and 411 yards since I told you to panic on Brandon Cooks. Maybe a bad call. I was expecting uh, less, but maybe with the coaching changes in Houston, opened the door for more opportunity for Brandon Cooks. Now, I panicked on Miles Sanders again early in the season, and I was very adamant that he was not going to have a great season. Uh, but, I mean, for the most part, it's... When he's played, he's been very, you know, very serviceable. Double-digit fantasy points in all but one games this season. Uh, he's only missed two games since uh, he, he missed week one. I expected him to miss much more than that. However, uh, if you've got Miles Sanders on your roster, though he might not be what Saquon Barkley has been in years past or what Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara have been, Miles Sanders has definitely been a low-end at least RB1, if not RB2. Uh, boy, I was all out on Miles Sanders, and he has been very, very useful for fantasy owners this season. Uh, last up on my biggest whiff, and I mentioned it uh, in the most featured players, is Hunter Henry. Now, in, in fairness, I've, I've had Hunter Henry on patience for one segment and panic on another. So, again, in, in fairness, I changed my mind on Hunter Henry later in the season. Uh, you know, if you're in a 12-team or deeper league, he's been serviceable. Well, he's the number 11 tight end in fantasy football this year. But having said that, he's only had five games in double-digit points. 
two touchdowns in the season, and only three games with 50 or more receiving yards. So, again, a little mixed bag, but I know I was high, high, high on Hunter Henry early in the season, and it has not panned out as I would have expected to, especially when Justin Herbert took over at quarterback. I expected more, uh, I guess, checkdowns, more security blanket throws, and, well, Justin Herbert doesn't mind stretching the field. I've had some big games for Keenan Allen, some big games for Mike Williams, but no truly big games for Hunter Henry. Now, I've got a couple of guys on the, well, I say a couple of guys on this list. I gave a, uh, a few really warranted warnings uh, this season for a few fantasy players, and hopefully you took my advice and were able to either bench these players or uh, continuing to start these players or even trade for these players going forward. So without further ado, my best warnings for 2020 go as such. I told you to panic early on Carson Wentz. And so far at this point in the season, he is the number 17 scoring fantasy quarterback. He has had four games under 20 points this season, including three under 15. Now he's come on as of late, but for the season, he has got 12 touchdowns compared to 16 turnovers. And as I mentioned, his four games under 20 and three under 15, he has only had two games this season worth 30 or more fantasy points. He is averaging for the season just over 20 fantasy points per game, which if you think about it, is serviceable at times. But when you think about it, even a 16-team league, Carson Wentz right now wouldn't be considered a starter in your league. Next up, uh, running back Mark Ingram. He is currently the number 59 fantasy running back. He had a pretty decent year last season especially with the addition of J.K. Dobbins. I expected Mark Ingram to be pushed to put up bigger numbers, uh, but it has not worked out for Mark Ingram. Not only has, has his production not been there, he's missed two games due to injury. On the season, he only has two games over 10 points. And in, having said all that, only two touchdowns for the season for Mark Ingram. Very disappointing from a guy who has been very much uh, serviceable uh, in fantasy the last few years. Uh, the running game for Baltimore has just not been there uh, for Mark Ingram or, for that matter, J.K. Dobbins. Next up on the list, I told you to remain patient with Josh Jacobs, running back out of the Las Vegas Raiders, arguably one of the best rookies from last season, and he has not really slowed down currently. Uh, from a points perspective, he is the number five fantasy running back. In all but two games, he has scored double-digit fantasy points. And in three of his games this season, Josh Jacobs has multiple touchdowns, including the game uh, last week, including the season opener, including the uh, game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which we will actually touch base on in the next segment. So I don't want to go too much farther into that. But hopefully, if you've had Josh Jacobs, you have continued to start him. If you didn't, you maybe made a trade for him early in the year, and it would be paying dividends at this point. Next up on the list, uh, quarterback Phillip Rivers. I panicked on him early in the season, and since I gave you my panic meter on Phillip Rivers, 
He has had two games over 20 fantasy points. He has had two under 10. Uh, and at the ultimate, ultimately, at the end of the day, he's getting a bunch of yards, but he's not getting in the end zone, which does not bode well for his fantasy production. He's got a decent run game in Indianapolis. Indianapolis has arguably the best defense in the NFL, which means that Phillip Rivers doesn't have to go out and beat a bunch of teams with his arms, a little older of a quarterback. Again, Phillip Rivers, hopefully you haven't been starting Phillip Rivers because if so, if, if you've been starting him, you've been in much bigger trouble than, than wondering if you should be starting, let's say, Mark Ingram or Josh Jacobs. Finally, on my list of best warnings, outside of the few weeks that I've been wrong, is I've been, I've been pretty, pretty panicky with Lamar Jackson this season. I will say, uh, after his MVP season from 2019, he currently sits as the number 11 quarterback in fantasy football. Not really too shabby when it comes to most leagues, uh, our 10 to 12 teams. So if you're sitting there with a quarterback that's number 11 overall, you're not doing terrible. Uh, if you're in a 12-team league, he's clearly a starter. But with five games under 200 pass yards, only one game on the season with over 100 rush yards, and only three rushing touchdowns on the season, uh, based on his average draft position, he's been an utter disappointment. So when, you know... People were drafting him first, second round. They were expecting that same production from the MVP Lamar Jackson that we got last year, and it just not has not been there. Maybe it's a, a a testament to the fact that they might not have the receiving help that they have had in years past, which is hard to believe because they've still got Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, both of which have or at least Mark Andrews has been featured on the show um, regarding buys and sells. Um, or it might have to do with the fact that, well, the, the running game hasn't been there to take some pressure off of Lamar Jackson and thus uh, affecting his production in 2020. So again, some, uh, some, some, some big news regarding Patience or Panic, this being the season finale for Patience or Panic. And Going through, you know, even though I had a losing record, I, I gave you some good warnings, and I also had some big whiffs on folks that I told you to either ride or die with. Um, so hopefully you took my advice that worked, and you told me to piss off on the advice that didn't. So that's been Patience or Panic for week 11, and again, the season finale for Patience or Panic. Stay tuned. The next segment we got coming up, Bullies, Buys, and Sells for week 11. Had probably one of my worst weeks in buys and sells last week. We'll get into it next on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. It's your guy, Bully Rye, again. Make sure you reach out uh, on social media, Tap Outs and TDs on Twitter at Tapouts and Touchdowns on Facebook or uh, Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com is the email to the show. Now, getting right into it, we've got week 11, bullies, buys, and sells. After a fairly, well, not <laughs> braggadocious week 10, where I finished 500, I went 4 and 4 in week 10, which puts me at 43 and 21 on the season 
for my buys and sells. So without any further ado, where Bully was right and Bully was wrong, Bully was right on a couple guys. I told you to buy in on Antonio Gibson last week. All he did was put up two touchdowns. Same thing with T. Higgins. Told you to buy in on T. Higgins last week, over 100 receiving yards, a touchdown for him. I told you to sell on Derrick Henry. I actually had a beer bet with my buddy J.D., formerly of the BRBT podcast. I told him that Derrick Henry was not going to meet his projections last week, and, well, he got 100 yards, no touchdowns, and he came in under production. Uh, So I was right when I told you to sell on Derrick Henry. And then wide receiver Kenny Galladay, I told you that even if he was going to play, I wouldn't be buying in on him. And sure enough, Kenny Galladay did not play this past weekend. It didn't really, didn't really matter. Detroit Lions got a win over the Washington football team, uh, even without Kenny Galladay. Now, I was wrong on a couple guys, and there was at least one technicality in here, and that technicality being quarterback Drew Brees. He didn't finish the game. Matter of fact, he didn't play the second half of the game. Uh, Drew Brees uh, was injured. He will miss the next few weeks. Hopefully not for the, for the Saints, not more than, than two to three. But again, I was buying in on Drew Brees last week, and his injury uh, can, made it so that, it, that he was not going to put up the fantasy game that he should have. Next up, Dallas Goddard. I will never include him on the show again. And before that, I will look at my notes to make sure, nope, I do not have him on my list for this week. I told you to buy in on Dallas Goddard. The other tight end for Philadelphia had more receptions and yards than Dallas Goddard. He finished under, project, under projection at four catches and 33 yards. This next one is going to be the most disappointing for myself, and I told you to sell on Tom Brady because the last time the Bucks played the Panthers, he had a bad game. He was coming off of a bad game, and, well, Push comes to shove, as history would show, Tom Brady does not have back-to-back bad games. He had over 300 passing yards, four touchdowns, uh, again, much better than the first game against the Panthers or the previous week against the Saints, where he had, I believe it was around three fantasy points. So again, Tom Brady was a, was a, a big whiff for me in Bully's cells from last week. I mentioned this guy a second ago when I was talking down Lamar Jackson for this season. That's Drew Brees, or I'm sorry, Drew Brees. Yeah, I've already mentioned Drew Brees. Easy for me to say. Mark Andrews. Uh, Now, he was barely over projection. I I told you to sell on Mark Andrews, but nevertheless, he hit his projection last week. Seven receptions for 30 yards. Uh, But again, a tight end that was expected to be a, a top three tight end this season, arguably. And he's just not putting up the numbers. But, again, I told you to sell on Mark Andrews. And he hit his projection uh, just over projection from last week. So without further ado, there was your where Bully was right and Bully was wrong last week, 4-4 four and four on the week. Hopefully we're going to turn that around this week. And we're going to get right into it. Week 11, Bully's buys. We're going to start off with quarterback Jameis Winston. I just mentioned Drew Brees was injured and didn't finish the game last week. And therefore, this opens the door for a Jameis Winston. He has projected 20 points for Week 11. Uh, no Drew Brees in an offense that likes to get the ball in the air, even to Alvin Kamara. Uh, bodes well for Jameis Winston, at least getting volume play against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Atlanta is giving up the most points to opposing quarterbacks in fantasy this season. And here's a stat that I actually looked up and did the math for myself. 
In career games against the Atlanta Falcons, Jameis Winston averages 278 yards a game with 25 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Uh, again, in his career against the Atlanta Falcons, obviously most of that time was when he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It all goes to point to the fact that, well, the, the Saints like to throw the ball. They've got Mike, uh, Mike Thomas back. They, they've got a, a decent core. They like to get Kamara involved in the pass game. Uh, and Jameis Winston has a reasonable expectation of success against the Falcons, which is why I'm buying in on Jameis Winston to score over that 20-point projection this week against the Falcons. Now, my running back this week in Bullies Buys is none other than, well, the Los Angeles Chargers running back, Kalen Balazs, projected 14.3 points this week. He was getting a lot of love when he was down in Miami the last season or two, but Never could, I guess, get out from behind uh, that depth chart. Uh, but with the Chargers, he got back-to-back double-digit games. Three of the five games he's played in this, uh, this season, he has recorded double-digit games as well. The New York Jets are bottom six in the league against running backs in fantasy and uh, only gave up to 41 rushing yards to running backs against Buffalo, but gave up 57 to Josh Allen. And they're not going to get 57 rushing yards out of Justin Herbert, but I'm, I'm expecting Balazs to get the majority, the bulk of those rushing yards. Might even fall into the touchdown. Uh, I'm sorry, to the end zone this week. I love Kalen Balazs going this week to go over his projection of 14.3 points. Wide receiver that I'm buying in this week is wide receiver from the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson. Projected 12.3 points this week. He's playing a Dallas Cowboys pass coverage that is atrocious. Giving up the third most points to wide receivers in fantasy this year. And after back-to-back games under 10 points against the tough Bears defense he played last week, Justin Jefferson put up eight catches for 135 yards. Again, although Adam Thielen had two touchdowns against the Bears last year, or sorry, last week, He's only had four receptions, so two of his receptions were for touchdowns. Uh, just because he got in the end zone, that's why Thielen had a decent week. Goes to show me that, well, Justin Jefferson is the PPR monster in this offense now, not Adam Thielen. He has very well filled out that Stefan Diggs role in that offense, and like I said, I like Justin Jefferson to go much over his projection of 12.3 points this coming week against the Dallas Cowboys. Finally, for Bullies Buys this week is my tight end spot is none other than Atlanta Falcons tight end Hayden Hurst. Projected 10.6 points this week. The New Orleans Saints are giving up the six, mo- six most points to opposing tight ends in fantasy this season. And in a game that I'm expecting to be a shootout, uh, this bodes well for Hayden Hurst. Now in uh, in the last four, or I'm sorry, he's only got single-digit fantasy points in four of his games this season, and he hasn't scored since week six. Now, having said all that, I think he's going to find the end zone this week and, again, exceed his 10.6-point projection. And even though he's not getting in the end zone, he's averaging about six receptions a game this season, which means the volume is there. So if he can include that volume with, with some yardage and, again, a a fall into the end zone. It bodes for a good day for tight end Hayden Hurst. So bullies buys this week. We've got Jameis Winston, 
Kalen Balage, Justin Jefferson, and Hayden Hurst. Uh, going straight into it, bully sells this week. Start off in Tennessee with quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Projected 18.9 points this week. Last week versus the Colts, he only had 147 passing yards and one touchdown, good for 12.78 fantasy points. Now, the Colts have a stellar defense, but the Baltimore is no, is no bum. Baltimore is number 10 fantasy defense against quarterbacks this, this year. Last week, they held Cam to 118 passing yards and a single touchdown in their loss to uh, the Patriots. Now, Tennessee's reliance on the run game combined with a matchup against the defense that's effective against the pass means another down game uh, for the number 10 quarterback in fantasy this season. So Again, you've got Baltimore, the number 10 fantasy defense against quarterbacks. And as of right now, Ryan Tannehill sits right above Lamar Jackson as the number 10 scoring fantasy quarterback this season. But it's not going to translate into the game against the Ravens. Sell on Ryan Tannehill if you can this week. Now, my running back in Bully Sells this week is going to be a surprising name considering he has been lights out all season, and that's running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, James Robinson. He has projected a lofty 16.9 points this week, but he is playing the toughest defense against running backs this season. And last week's, the, the Steelers, this week's, uh, opponent for the Jacksonville Jaguars allowed only 48 rushing yards to Cincy's top runner last week and did not allow a rushing touchdown on for the game. Now this season, uh, James Robinson only has five touchdowns, but he's also got two receiving touchdowns. Means that well, he's going to rely on a lot of his uh, a lot of his points in yards and uh, yards from the pass game usage. And again, despite finishing with 10 points or more. In every game this season, I just don't see him hitting the, the projected 17 points this, this week. Um, and to be completely honest, I'm, I'm actually seeing it possibly be his worst fantasy output on the season. So again, if you've got James Robinson, you're more than likely starting him. But I'm just telling you to manage your expectations because I don't see it boding well. I don't see it being a good day for James Robinson. Next up, we've got my wide receiver on Bully Sells this week, and that's wide receiver Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup has burned me quite a few times this season, and I think he's going to burn you this week. Projected 16.5 fantasy points this week. He's playing a team that's top 10 in defense against wide receivers this season. Uh, playing majority out of the slot, which is where Cooper Cup comes from, Tampa Bay just held Curtis Samuel to eight yards on three receptions last week, and no receiver for the Carolina Panthers, caught more than four passes. Now, granted, I mentioned earlier, DJ Moore had four catches for 90-some-odd yards and a touchdown. But again, only four catches. Take the touchdown away. Maybe he doesn't break out one of the long touchdown or one of, one of the long breaks that he got. Not such a good day for DJ Moore. Uh, speaking of, of him finding the end zone last week, Cooper Cup is not finding the end zone this year. On the season, he's got two touchdowns and... Well, he's only hit that 100 receiving yard mark twice. Again, playing a, a tough defense with the Tampa Bay Bucks coming out of the slot. Uh, Cooper Cup does not look like he's going to be able to hit his, I would consider, lofty projection of 16.5 points. Six of his nine games this season, Cup has scored less than this week's projection. And again, on a primetime game on Monday Night Football against the Tampa Bay Bucks, 
I'm expecting more out of Cooper Cup. Sell on Cooper Cup. Hopefully, you've got a receiver that you can plug in instead of Cooper this week. Now, finally, my last player on my bullies buys and sells this week is none other than another former featured player on the show, and that's tight end Darren Waller. He has projected 15.1 points this week. And again, similar to, to, to James Robinson, if you've got Darren Waller on your roster, you're starting him. But it's another one of those situations where I hope you're manager, managing your expectations. He was a bright spot in the Raiders' first game against Kansas City in which they pulled the upset. He had five receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown, good for 15.8 points in their first matchup. But again, I think Kansas City, especially after losing their first game of the season to the Raiders, are going to be looking to shut that down this time around. Again, Darren Waller seeing a ton of volume, but it's a lot of short yardage completions. Uh just to kind of go into it, games without a touchdown saw the following fantasy outputs. 10.5 points, 2.9, 15.8, 7.7, .7, and 6.7. Meaning when he doesn't have any touchdowns, whenever, whenever he doesn't find the end zone, he's only had two games where he scored in double-digit points, and one of them was barely over, over 10 points. Uh, so it, it seems to me that a lot of his points tend to be uh, touchdown dependent. And even though he had a good game against Kansas City the first time around, Kansas City is still the eighth best defense against tight ends. And again, after their their first loss of the season to the Vegas Raiders, they're going to be looking to shut down Darren Waller this week. And again, you're starting him, but I would be managing your expectations and hope that you're going to get production from someone else this week and uh, from your roster. So again, uh, Bully sells this week. Uh, we're selling on Ryan Tannehill, James Robinson, uh, Cooper Cup, and Darren Waller. And so a quick recap of everybody. We're buying in on, again, Jameis Winston, Kalen Balage, Justin Jefferson, and Hayden Hurst. And we're selling on Ryan Tannehill, James Robinson, Cooper Cup, and Darren Waller. So hopefully uh, this advice will help you on making your decision. Uh, on some, some of the most influential weeks for fantasy football leading into your fantasy playoffs in the next coming weeks. Coming up next, we've got the main event of the show, Frick's Picks. Uh, Bullies and his buddies are, well, they're just getting further apart in the standings, and we'll talk about why coming up next in the main event. Stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome back to the main event of the evening. I'm going to try to get it to catch on at some point. So we're going to keep trying it until one of y'all tell me to stop. So anyway, main event, Frick's Picks Week 11 of the football season. Now, we only had five picks pickers from last week, and, well, everybody went two and three or three and two except for yours truly. I mentioned on my Facebook page that I was the only person out of all the pickers to take the Colts over the Titans on Thursday Night Football last week, and, well, that helped propel me to a 4-1 week. The next best was Derek Pauly at 3-2, and two, and the other four pickers all went 2-3. and three. So some slight changes in the standings this week, and part of it is because, well, the, those who didn't pick 
stayed where they are, and, and well, the ones that did pick kind of were worse for wear. Just going right into it, I'm still atop the leaderboards of Bully's Buddies standings at 31 and 10 or 756 for the season. Uh, Ryan Lapino uh, did not make picks last week, however, stayed steady and moved up a spot in the rankings at number two, uh, sitting at 7-3 on the season or 700 uh, winning percentage. Now, Alex Mims uh, went down uh, only one spot, finished the week, uh, I believe, two and three. Uh, I don't want to be wrong on that and hear it from Alex. Nevertheless, 13 and seven on the season for a 650 record. Tied with Derek Pauly, who jumps up two spots in the polls to have an identical 13-7 and seven record. Uh, coming up, uh, Matt Buck, a friend of the show, dropped one spot in the rankings uh, after a not terrible week, but it wasn't a good week for, for just about anybody. Sits 23-13 and 13 on the season, or 639 winning percentage. Uh, next up, you've got Greek, who stayed steady at the sixth spot, uh, sitting for the season 18 and 12, or 600 on the season. Now, he hasn't picked as many games, but Chris Hall moved up a spot in the rankings, although I don't believe he made picks last week. Uh, nine and six also gives him a 600 record, as well as Sam, who did not make picks last week. Three and two, also 600. Uh, the bottom of the poll or the bottom of the of Bullies Buddy standings did not change. Kirk Williams still sitting uh, at, at, at the nine spot. Unfortunately, five and five on the season or a 500 record. And Aaron, who also did not make picks last week, finished uh, or continues to, to stay steady at two and three or 400 on the season. So the collective uh, picks go as follows uh, Bully is 31 and 10 on the season, the Buddies are 26 and 15. And if you're wondering where that extra gain came from, there was a slight adjustment that was made. When I was putting together the standings, I forgot there was one week where Matt Buck and I actually picked six games instead of the, uh, the I guess, the, the normal now five, which is why there's an extra game that was not included the first time. So, so if, if you were wondering, hey, wait, last week he had five less games and all of a sudden, now he's got a sixth game picked in there. That's where it came from. A slight stat adjustment. Didn't change many things. I'm still five games up on the buddies as a whole for the season. So getting right into it, there's some actually, believe it or not, some intriguing matchups in college football this weekend. And I chose two of them, and neither of them, neither of them are from the SEC or ACC. And the first game I, I uh, decided to choose from was the number 14 Oklahoma State taking on number 18, Oklahoma. The Buddies are going to take Oklahoma in this, as the only Buddy to take Oklahoma State was Matt Buck, and I, too, am taking Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma just is not good as, as good as they say they were. I believe Oklahoma State in their one loss on the season uh, was essentially a rob job. I believe Oklahoma State should still be undefeated, and they will keep on with their winning ways against rival Oklahoma this weekend. So along with Matt Buck, I'm taking Oklahoma State, Pickers to take Oklahoma, Alex, Aaron, Greek, Derek Polly, Kirk, and Ryan Lapino. Next up for the NCAA slate of games is number 10, Wisconsin, at number 19, Northwestern. The other game I was going to pick was the Ohio State game, but I figured everybody was going to take Ohio State, and we might get a little bit of, of some, uh, 
I guess, differences for this game. But no, Wisconsin got a clean sweep, and that includes me. Everybody is taking number 10 Wisconsin to go on the road and knock off number 19 Northwestern. Without further ado, getting into the NFL slate, uh, I actually went with the, the, well, what I've been going through uh, the most of the season, and that's the primetime games, Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night football games because, well, they're all pretty decent matchups. The Thursday night game features the Arizona Cardinals, who upset the Seattle Seahawks early in the year, and now they travel to Seattle to try to do it again. The Buddies collectively go 4-3 and three in favor of Seattle. Uh, the, those taking Seattle are Alex, Aaron, Pauly, and Buck, while Greek, Kirk, and Lapino are all taking Arizona. I, too, am going to take Arizona, only because you've got a questionable Tyler Lockett who is expected to play for Seattle, as well as a banged-up Chris Carson who, prior to this week, was expecting to uh, to play this week, and now they're, they're saying that it's, it's a long shot for him to play, so I'm going to take the Cardinals as well. The Sunday night game features a game that, well, I've talked about a couple times on the show. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs looking to avenge their first loss of the season against the Las Vegas Raiders at the new Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, again, uh, it's almost a complete consensus. You've got all, mo- all of Bully's buddies except for Matt Buck taking Kansas City. Matt Buck is taking Vegas. I'm going to go with the buddies on this, and I'm going to take Kansas City. I think that it's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat an Andy Reid team uh, twice in one season, especially these Chiefs. And I think they're going to look out, uh, they're going to come out looking for revenge in their loss. I'm also taking Kansas City as well. The Monday night game features not necessarily a divisional game, but uh, an intriguing matchup between a, a good Los Angeles Ram team uh, going to Tampa Bay, who seems to be hit or miss, but more hit than miss uh, more recently in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Bullies are taking, I'm sorry, the Buddies are taking the Bucks this week. Alex, Greek, Kirk, and Lapino have all taken the Bucks, while Aaron, Polly, and Buck are taking the Rams. I, too, am taking the Bucks. I think, uh, I don't want to say they found their running game, but I know that, granted, he had a 97-yard touchdown run last week, but Ronald Jones went off last week in their game. Uh, the, Buck, the, the, the Bucks are just, for the most part, if they're, if they're bad, they're playing really bad, and if they're good, they're playing really good. I think the Rams having to come across country to play a Monday night game, it's not going to affect them as much. But the Bucks, the Bucks have a solid defense. I mean, they've got Tom Brady. They've got some healthy receivers. Um, I'm going with the consensus buddies pick, and I'm taking the Bucks as well. So again, uh, some intriguing matchups to watch in football this week, and and uh, and I good luck to to all of the pickers and the friends of the show, and hopefully, uh, hopefully you're enjoying this as much as I am. So that about does it for the show this week. Hopefully, shorter than it normally has been. Next week, we should be able to get to some pro wrestling talk. Uh, some more bullies, buys, and sells. Uh, again, that's next week. If I decide to record, uh, it'd be Thanksgiving, being Thanksgiving week. If I don't record, have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Otherwise, please stay tuned. I should have it published before Wednesday next week to make sure that you all get a chance to listen to it prior to family times that you'll be having. So with that being said, uh, as always, has been your guy, Bully Rye. Make sure you follow me on social media at all the platforms. And again, uh, hashtag ELE 
Everybody love everybody. See ya.